Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for this podcast. The more you know, the less you'll kook it. So grab your life vest and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And I'm Coach Ev. And we started the surf coaching and education resource, The Surf Continuum. Today, we're talking about three kooky things that you can easily stop doing today, right oh, now. Oh, we, we love it. We love talking about the endless kooky things that you can be doing. Um, oh, favorite. So. Favorite topics. Our namesake. <laughs> yep. Our claim to fame. Talking about kooky things. Let's kick it off with number one, choosing the wrong board for the conditions at hand. Absolutely. Uh, gosh, there's so many ways you can do this, but for some reason what right comes to mind is like not not Dog and Stevie White, but just pulling out like the massive Waimea gun and paddling ah. out on like just like the piddliest, shittiest little waves. I mean, I guess a gun could be used as like a not really, not really a glider, no, you know, really. no, <laughs> on tiny little ways, just because they're so much, you know, they're usually really narrow and they have a ton of rocker and they have, you know, bigger fins or whatever. So they, they just, they do inherently have a lot of drag. So they're not a very good choice for piddly little weak surf. Right. Um, what I mean, else? They're speed yeah. guns, you know, and, and, and but Stevie White would own it for sure. He'll, he'll laugh. <laughs> I'm going to make sure to let him know we called him out on this one. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what comes to my mind, and I'm guilty of it for years of my life. I grew up as a shortboarder, and when you're a kid, there's this whole like stigma around riding anything other than the most potato chip of a surfboard. And so all you and your friends are out there, not only trying to learn how to surf, but struggling on a board that you can barely float on, you know, just flopping around, slapping, doing the Huntington hop, you know, all this work and effort going into just trying to keep riding the wave. Uh, when you know somebody who just pulled out their mid length or something with a little more volume, maybe a fish or even a longboard, is just gliding along and making it look the same exact day, the same exact waves look so much more fun and glidey and and uh, just pleasant. That's de- that's the one. I mean, that's what we see all the time, all over the world. Um, people who are on shortboards that have that just there's just no reason to be on them. E- either the surfs big and pumping and they're still on their everyday little shortboard and they're like down in the water and just not paddling up on top of the water and being able to make any ground in any way they're like just in the current just getting dragged all around and Mm. and you see them turn around to try to paddle for a you know it, it can even be like over here at one of these slow slopey point breaks you know it's just like these these boards are not so poorly suited for those conditions that it makes it nearly impossible unless you were like an uh, excellent surfer to catch even just catch a wave let alone once you get up on the wave and it's just so th- the wave doesn't you know it just wasn't made for that board yeah it's so true and i feel like the 
the amount of times that I would want that kind of board is so small because even if the waves are great, even if the, the kind of a wave you want to ride is suited for that board, it doesn't necessarily mean that the conditions that you have to deal with around riding waves is suited for that board. And I'm talking about like those kind of conditions where, uh, you know, lots of water is moving or there's a lot of wind, you know, and all of that. I mean, by now, anybody that listens to this show realizes that we're not just glorifying the part of surfing where you ride the wave. In fact, the opposite. We're kind of putting all our attention and focus on how do you get on waves? How do you ride waves in the first place? And that's by paddling around the lineup, understanding positioning and waves. And that's really hard to do in, in conditions when the water is swirling, you know, tides moving, waves mm -hmm. are rushing in and out of the, the lineups, the spot, you know, and creating all, this, all these dynamics for you to have to deal with to position yourself. And being on a little board with like like a little volume, it's like it's like pulling out a little blade, a pocket knife, when someone else who wants to fight you's got a sword, you know, and you're just you're just no match for it, you know. You really don't stand a chance unless you are a skilled, skilled, you know, fighter with that little blade. It brings a a good point because I I really know that it opened up my surfing so much as soon as I started riding, dip, like just opening up my eyes and having a a bigger more varied quiver you know like it just when it just feels so good to be on the right board for the right conditions and the more different boards that you have the better opportunity you have for for being prepared for the for the day at hand so just like you know in high school all we were riding were these little potato chips and then we shaped our own board so that at least now we had like this funky you know higher volume short board and then I got a hold of like the 7.2 single fin old school 70s gun and that just like opened up my opened up my mind to you know being able to track down bigger and better waves and surfing without a leash because there wasn't even an option on the board and you know that just that just got me on my way to opening my mind and, and trying different boards I mean it, it can really you know on a on a shitty day of crumbly surf if you have the right board you can be out there having just a blast yeah so true all right let's move on to point number two okay kooky, kooky thing you can stop doing right now is getting mad at the crowd right <laughs> it's yeah. only getting worse too you know more people are surfing more boards are being made available to people to get out there uh crowds a real thing you're gonna have to deal with it people yeah, you're going to have to learn to laugh it off because there's just shenanigans going on everywhere you look. <laughs> and, you know, the surfer's code or, or you know, order in the lineup is is kind of a thing of the past. There's, there's a handful of lineups out there and everybody has them that, you know, everybody has to be on better, better behavior. But for the most part, all these... All these popular spots are just completely overrun with with surfers of in every walk. So um, you got you know what we talk about it a lot is just mentally preparing yourself when you pull up to the spot and it's packed. Mm. You know, start you better start relaxing a little bit. You know, and you know hopefully you don't have to. Hopefully you have time just to kind of like get your stuff together and keep looking at the crowd and the waves coming in and figuring out that little spot in the lineup where you can go out and have fun. Um, but I do think it's just it's mostly a, a mental thing 
obviously getting getting all fired up on in the in the middle of the lineup and yelling and screaming and slapping the water and and just <laughs> adding adding to the chaos you know yeah and, for sure and the bad vibes you know the bad right. vibes that that end up coming from a session like that when you get all frustrated because you're not getting the waves and you have to keep pulling out you know pulling back on waves and everybody's getting waves except for you and yeah, that makes me, it makes me think of two things. One, one thing is that, like, you know, we, we, we work with a lot of people that the way they look at a lineup is definitely different than the way we do because, well, based on the way they talk to me about it. And uh, what I'm getting at here is how, you know, I hear this a lot of times. is like, oh, look at everybody's catching waves. And, and I'm, like, looking around thinking to myself, like, no, they're not, you know, like, there's only like three people catching waves actually most of these people are sitting but you know when you just look at the broad picture of the lineup and just your eye catches whoever's riding a wave it does appear that you know everyone else is riding waves but if you really paid a focused attention you'd realize that there's actually a much smaller number of people proficiently catching and riding waves among the crowd and that not everybody is catching waves so the crowd is not as dense as the amount of people there are if that makes sense you know what i mean like maybe there's a hundred people but you know 20 of them are the ones catching waves the other thing i was thinking about is how well you're part of the crowd you know like it takes every single one of these singular individual people to make a crowd and you're one of them you're one of those individual people so you know, don't forget that from your perspective, you see all these people, quote unquote, ruining your session, but you're one of those people to them, you know, and, right, and, and right. they may have been there first and they may have been surfing longer or they may have been there all winter and you're just showing up in the springtime when the sun comes out going like, oh, look at this crowd, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> dude, where were you in the winter? Where were you when we were surfing down the beach and everybody just surfs the same peak? You know, there's, there's so many ways to solve this problem if it's a problem to you. Of dealing with the crowd and uh, it's funny how the biggest complainers do the least to, to solve it right right uh, you know be the change you want to see out there you know yeah. if everybody's dropping in on everybody and and almost killing each other with their boards then you know s- start showing them how to do it hell yeah that's, you, that's a good you point know, yeah hold on your board hoot for people smile out there in the lineup and and there's there is a way to you know to deal with a a crowd just just like we're talking about you know wrap your head around it beforehand and get out there and and do good work and have fun and and you know smile and laugh and hoot a little bit yeah yeah you know like that you bring up a really great point it's actually also an opportunity for some personal growth outside of surfing you know like someone i really respect like said something to me one time that really stuck with me and it was when you see somebody else get something that you want be happy for them you know so when you see someone catching a wave whether it's a friend or a stranger hoot for them like you're catching the wave you know train your mind to be stoked for other people to get waves the same way that you want that wave or the same way you'd be stoked if you got that wave yeah and when it's when it's packed i mean be be okay with getting two or three waves in a in a two-hour session whatever you know right. if, if you just go out there and you're just relaxing and you know take it as an opportunity to go learn something about the crowd actually dive into it and keep your eye out on the d- dynamics of the crowd like you were talking about there's always just a small percentage of 
really proficient surfers amongst a, a big group of surfers. So figure out, you know, pay close attention. Why are those the 10% that mm. are getting all the waves, you know? And yeah. sit back, relax, and, and, ch and then, you know, then you're able to work yourself closer to being in that percentile, you know, of going out there even when there's a lot of people and being able to get your quota and and keep a smile on your face and not get all bitter and and butthurt out there. Yeah, right on. I uh, Not to beat a dead horse, but I, you just brought up another great point. It's kind of along the lines of what you're saying, but part of the reason that 10% is the 10% is because they put their time there, you know, and they, they, they're invested in that spot. And so if you want to be among that crew, you can't just dismiss the waves or the session every time there's a crowd because then you're never going to earn your spot. You got to go out there, put your time in, get to know the people, become one of the people who surf that spot, whether it's good or bad. And then you'll find yourself getting the nod more often. You'll just be welcomed into the crew that surfs, you know, uh, whether it's like conscious or not, it just happens. Right. Little by little, you, you become part of that elite crew that gets the most waves. But you do it by putting your time in, you know, just like any good thing. You got to invest something into it. And in this case, it's time. Hell yeah. Good one. All right. All right. Last, last point. Last point. This is a good one. I really like this one uh, because it only takes you once or twice of doing this to learn your lesson for good. And that is checking the surf without your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just do not do that. I can't even say it without laughing. It's, it's by, by now it's so funny to me, you know, and I've definitely done it. I'm not laughing as if I'm laughing at someone else. I'm thinking of me when I just kind of was all dismissive, you know, like, ah, it's probably not going to be good. And really what it came down to is I was just lazy. I just yeah. didn't want to gear up. I didn't want to put all my stuff in the car. I had it all out. And I thought, I'll just go check it, you know, not thinking deeply about it. Because, of course, when I got there and the waves are pumping, the last thing you want to do is drive away. Yeah. And that's what I had to do. <laughs> I had to drive away from pumping surf to go get my stuff that I was too lazy to put in the car beforehand especially on your coast that could be a, a, a deal breaker you know like right the conditions only last for so long and you know you're waiting all day for it to actually happen you've checked it four times or something yeah. and yeah. then and then whatever you take a different car or or something crazy like that but it's just it's never an option um, Never. Yeah, when your friend invites you, you're like, oh, we'll, we'll just hop in my car and go check it. Unless you're dragging your stuff along with you, uh-uh, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, you'll find yourself standing there on the beach when it's firing and you don't have shit to, you don't even and, have, yeah, you can't even go body surfing out there. And you gotta find a way to convince your friend who does have his stuff to take you back to your car. You know, yeah, it's just, it's just a mess and it feels awful, it feels unprepared, it feels pretty damn kooky to say the least yeah that's, that's get caught off guard without your stuff yeah i mean there's not too much more about that just it'll it'll make you look like a kook feel like a kook um and that's what we're trying to to get you not to do <laughs> that's right if you're not listening to the kook cast bonus tip if you're not listening to the kook cast you're kooking it and that you can change today too yeah you can get on uh, itunes and subscribe well that's what i should say you should be subscribed i'm sure you're listening because you're listening to us right now but go subscribe take it a step further so you know right away when our new episodes come out and uh if you're really digging us leave a review all right good talking coach hell yeah brother chris talk soon Woo -hoo -hoo.